At Clary, our foundation is built on two simple facts, great people and the highest quality product in the market. To join the Clary team, visit careersatclary.com. Do you like to run the ball? He said, yes. <laughs> I said, uh, it's not very heavy, and I'm going to give it to you a lot. <laughs> You're listening to Barry Alvarez in his own words, a production of iHeartRadio. This is Matt LePay. We want to thank our supporting sponsors. Annex Wealth Management. Financial independence starts with a comprehensive plan that understands you and your priorities. Annex Wealth Management's team is ready to help consider all the complexities. Know the difference. Mueller Sports Medicine is proud to sponsor Barry Alvarez in his own words. For 60 years, Mueller has been developing better products to protect athletes and enhance performance. Learn more at MuellerSportsMed.com. Cleary Building Corp, built with pride before the Shamrock Supply. Visit clearybuilding.com to explore our buildings. Fiduciary Real Estate Development Inc., where every day we are living the difference for our residents, our communities, and our investors. Wheels Up, download the Wheels Up app to explore private jet options and pricing for your next trip. Under Armour, the only way is through. Barry Alvarez, in his own words, welcome to episode number four as we continue our trip down memory lane with Barry Alvarez. And boy, there's a lot of a lot of fun memories so far. Our last episode, we checked out some of the some of the games that weren't necessarily bowl games, but ones to remember. And we call this one some of my guys, my meaning you, Barry. The list is so long, we probably won't be able to cover everybody, but. There are some names here, especially these first few we're gonna we're gonna throw out because we're going back to the we're going back thirty years, those early recruiting classes. And you know, we talked a few episodes ago where the, the heart and soul of that Rose Bowl championship team came from the first recruiting class yeah. in a lot of ways. And you had guys that, you know, people didn't know a whole lot, maybe people meaning fans or a lot of media. Um, like who's this guy? Who's that guy? Um, there, diamonds in the rough, maybe. I don't know if that's the right term or not. But there were, there were a few, and I think of a guy right away, Shaq, Lamarck Shackerford, yeah. defensive line. Well, let's let's. I'm going to preface this a little. You didn't have coverage like you do today. True. Back then, so other than an in-state kid, our people didn't know the players as we brought them in. Yep. You had to rely on what we said and and how we released it in the paper and we had to rely on fans had to rely on our staff and my in in my case particularly that first year because we had to recruit so fast put a staff together and, and get out into your areas and, and i was fortunate enough starting with dan mccarney and, and bernie wyatt they had established areas mac was on some guys like uh mike roan and we talked about Ma mark montgomery he was on those guys at, for iowa and just flipped them, just changed color shirts when he walked in and changed who he's recruiting for. Good work. Um, and Billy Callahan, and, you know, he knew the the Chicago area and cause going into St. Louis. And, you know, so we, you know, I had to rely on guys going into areas, relying on their contacts, Bernie out east, relying on contacts who've been loyal to them and will send them players. This guy can play. He doesn't have great film, but he's the best athlete in the area need to recruit him you know that's and that's we went on that a lot particularly that first year yeah so uh, yeah 
No, you're right. Uh, the coverage is it's just it's day so and today night. Today it's but, you know how, you can find a kid out of any town in the, in, in the country, mm-hmm. and he's got stars and 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 what's happening now? Interestingly enough, now the Wisconsin. So we could recruit guys in state, although when I came, Michigan was coming in here and getting really good guys. Some of the top players. I had the top two in the state uh, locked up at Notre Dame. Iowa was in here strong. Right. You know, in 90, they went to the Rose Bowl and 11 in their two deeper out of Wisconsin. So guys were coming in. They were good players. And then once we, you know, as I said, build a, tried to build a wall around the, the state, guys started coming in less and less because they, they were all coming here. But now – they see the guys that are rating and so on and so forth. Good players for a long period of time have come out of here. Now our state is nationally recruited. Mm-hmm. You see our top players, Notre Dame's in here, Ohio State, who never recruited here before. Right. They're in here. Some of the Southeast Conference schools are in here after linemen. Right. So that has changed. But back then, we had to just go on how we evaluated film and depend on you know the coaches that – that we could trust. I want to circle back to, to Shaq, Shackerford, because he yep. was one of the last members, I think, of that recruiting class, but someone who, wow, did he become important. Yeah. On the so Shaq, um, we don't know anything about Shaq. And we're signing guys. I mean, we're just going. And Billy, Billy Kelly, and I, I was just a tease, he, he'd flip over rocks and find guys. He'd find guys in the most obscure places. He'd come in sometimes with, it was a gym class tape of a kid <laughs> playing basketball. <laughs> Billy, what am I supposed to do with this? He's going to be a great receiver. I, did, I, wouldn't, I didn't take him. The kid ends up playing in the NFL. <laughs> you know? But here, here's a case. You had, you had to trust some people, and we liked Shaq. You know, we brought him in on a visit. We liked him, but we had run out of scholarships. So he decided we talked him into to coming as a walk-on. He, he signed, and, and I forget, someone backed out or – Somehow we got. I'm sure it was one of the guys bailed, and and we had a, we end up with a scholarship late. I think it was in the summer, and we called him and said we're going to give you the scholarship. And Boy. so he ended up being. That's how he got his scholarship. Big part of that defense. And started. Yeah. And started for us as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big part of that defense that eventually won the, won the Rose Bowl. I do remember your staff, and I think most notably at the time, Rob Ionello, who you called him the mouth of the South, when you got Lee Doremus, babe, or famous Doremus, what I know we talked about him a few episodes ago, but the the story of bringing him here had to be interesting. Well, you know, his parents were characters, and, you know, that's that's a story where Bernie had built a relationship with a counselor at, at, at his high school. It's Ron's high school, and Bernie had signed, we had signed some players at Iowa, from there and here's how it works in recruiting in a lot of these places the kids hang out with the counselor everybody's in his office and this counselor had had charisma really cared about the kids looked after them and would advise them and the kids we take out of there bernie looked after all of them we made sure they got degrees they were they they were treated right so you could always go back and they'd send you kids and you know first so our first it was our second class we go in there, you got Lee DeRamus and uh, Michael London. You know, two really good receivers. Both of them played great for us. Mm-hmm. DeRamus would have been a first-round pick. Yep. Now, he's 6'2". He run, ran on the track team. Michael, yep. r- Michael ran on the track team, too. Yep. Michael's still in town, has his family here in town. But uh, really, really good players. 
But Doremus comes in, starts immediately. We hadn't had a receiver like that. He's a difference. He was a difference maker. But the family was fun. That his dad called him. Hey, babe. You know, <laughs> called him babe. And what do you think, babe? Is that where you want to go to school? Yeah, I like Coach L. You know how he would talk. <laughs> uh, but he he was one of the ones who was a difference maker. That that class, that second class was really good yeah yeah no he was he was fun he was fun to watch i mean there are so many guys you had really good players but there were you know, really distinct personalities deramus was yeah. one a guy who i mean for me to this day is on the short list of funniest dudes who oh by the way was a really good center was cory raymer he's unreal cory signed his picture you know back then bob hope had that his name his all-american team mm-hmm. so he, he was an all-american center and on TV show with Bob Hope, he gives me the picture. When we recruited him out of Fond du Lac, we recruited him as a defense. He wanted to play defense. Well, yeah, you'd play defense. He wasn't here a week. <laughs> we had him at D-line. Well, we so, tried. <laughs> and so his, he, he signs the picture for me. It's something like, uh, Coach Alvarez, thank you for, for allowing me to be the great defensive lineman <laughs> that you promised, you know, or something like something to that extent. He had to rub it, in, rub it in a little bit, but he was a character. Now he was, he was someone that brought fun to the, to the game, fun to practice and could flat play. Oh, oh, well, could he ever. Right. And then he was buddies with uh, the guy you called the microwave, right? Brian Patterson. Brian Patterson was yep, his backup. Yep, yeah. Corey, every once in a while, Rames would get, uh, migraines mm-hmm. and so we'd have to put uh, patterson in patterson's a great story so he was in our first recruiting class and you know we had all these guys that the guys were, were bailing out on it they're quitting some of the veterans it, it was pretty tough in camp back then at at the seminaries tough and you know we were it was like a revolving doors guys walking in wanting to quit and uh, his roommate i think i think he was from milton dustin roosh Oh, sure. Good player. Dustin was a good player, but yep. he quit the team and left the team. He was going to transfer someplace else. And and, uh, and they had agreed they are going to quit. And and Patterson tells this story so well. He said, I, he walks in, and, and he walks in my office. He sits down, and he starts moping around. He says, uh, you know, Coach, you, you say, you know, you got to ask yourself, am I committed? I am not committed. Uh, do you care? I do not care. Um, can you trust me? You cannot trust me. <laughs> I said, that's enough, Patty. That's enough. Now, he's, he had lost his father in an accident years before him and his mom. Yeah. Him and his mom. He's going to transfer. I don't know who would take. You know, I don't know if he'd get a scholarship. I said, Patty, we got practice in a half an hour. Get out of here. Go get dressed. See at practice. <laughs> and he's walking out, and Dustin's waiting for him. He says, did you quit? He said, he wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good decision. Good decision yeah, yeah. to not let him, not let Man, him he, go. He, you know, he's, he helped you. He comes back, you know, and he's been a very successful businessman. As a matter of fact, Raymer worked for him after he got out of the NFL for a little bit. But uh, it, it's wonderful to, you know, to see these guys come back. And he says, I tell some of those same things you used to tell me to my family and the people that work for me. Yep, I remember when Corey came back the the year he was inducted into the UW Athletic Hall of Fame. He had Patty with him. That was uh, yeah, that, yeah. that was fun. Talk about guys who were who started out with maybe thoughts of being on the defensive side of the ball and became really good offensive linemen. Corey was one. 
Was Rudy, was he another guy who transitioned? Yeah. Was he initial Joe Rudolph? Rudy, Rudy's another good recruiting story. You know, that's that first year. I was, uh, my cousin and I are, are co-owners of a convenience store back in my hometown in a little strip mall. And there's one of the salespeople that came in every week, tells him, hey, you know, tell your cousin, there's this kid down there in Belvernon. He's a great athlete. Uh, you need to take a look at him. He's a linebacker. And I, I remember the name. He was on our recruiting list when I was at Notre Dame. So I sent Bernie out there. He was, he was, Rudy played basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Bernie goes out and he watches him play basketball. He says, you know, he's about 6'2". He's about 240, 245. He says he's really a good athlete, but I don't think he runs fast enough being a, a linebacker. So he comes in, and I can't remember if it was his freshman or sophomore year. We move him from linebacker, and Rudy's in my office. He doesn't want to move to the (laughs) offensive guard. And I said, Rudy, there are no linebackers that are playing that run 5-4. You need to go down. You need to put your hand on the ground. And so we moved him, and sure enough, you know, he ends up being a captain and a two-time All-Big Ten player. And for – and it was actually mobile as an offensive oh, lineman, run. right? He could yeah. really run. He was yeah. not fast. Right. But, but I tell you what he could do. He could pull. Mm-hmm. We'd run that power play. We ran it, I think, all but one time away from him because the backside guard would pull. Mm-hmm. You'd kick out, and then he'd swab, or he'd come around right outside of the tackle, the double team. He'd come outside of that, inside the back. The back always followed him through the hole. Yeah. And he'd try to catch the linebacker coming over top. Yeah, maybe not built to run like a linebacker, but, but mobile, he could make a turn. Mobile. Yeah. He could make that turn. That that was a nasty offensive line. I can't, you know, we're talking about guys in that group. I, I can't not mention Joe Panos, right? Maybe as good of a leader yeah. as you've had. There's another D. He came in yeah. from Whitewater as a D lineman. Yep. And we were just, we were short. And uh, he was—he wasn't reluctant at all. If I got a chance to get on the field, he was a walk-on. Chance to get on the field, I'm moving. And we moved him. He started—I think we started him at center, and then moved him to yep. to tackle. And he ended up being—I I call him the best leader we had. There, we had some really good leaders, but he was as good as we had, and he's the one that gave the kids the attitude that why not us? You know, we're we're, mm-hmm. we're good enough. And, you know, we had issues in the summer at one of the team parties. Somebody stole some things, and he came in and told me about it and said, don't worry about it, I'll handle it. <laughs> and he did, mm-hmm. and just handled it within. And when, you, when you've got a leader like that and a team that oversees one another, you got something. Yeah, right. I mean, he was, yeah, he was, at, well, the, the athletic director now is a pretty good leader too, right? You know, yeah. said Chris Max was same, playing, right? Max certainly was in the, mm-hmm. in that same category mm-hmm. where he and I had a great, he wasn't afraid to tell me whether he knew I agreed with it or not. This is better. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to sneak in a third practice on him during two days. <laughs> it was a light practice, but it was a third practice instead of you're going to be out on the field on your feet and it's 90 degrees instead of laying in air conditioning for an extra two hours. He came in after the second one and said, Coach, I, I, this is going to be, uh, you know, we're going to get uh, diminishing returns from that third practice. But a player has to earn that trust for you though right i mean it's got to be around a little bit it can't just be anybody no, you can't come in yeah. with opinions right <laughs> yeah you, <laughs> you know you got to earn that you got to clout show. yeah you, you you've got to show that you bought into the program you understand the program <clears throat> what we're trying to do and 
and uh, before you come in with suggestions on what, what, what you want, we're not here to please you. You know, we're trying to win games. We got a way. We got a formula to win. Uh, you better figure out. But after you're here, this is his fifth year. Uh, and, and fourth as a starter, he, he understood it pretty well. Always speaking of the personalities and, and all these guys we've talked about have distinct personalities. I always think of, well, two guys named Fletcher. Let's start maybe yeah. with Terrell, the first, you know, the earlier of the two in the program. Heck of a tail. Oh, uh, you talk about a great person, wonderful family out of St. Louis. <clears throat> My mother was, a, was the uh, secretary at the high school. Dad was a character, just personality plus. Terrell is today a uh, minister, mm -hmm. has two churches out in San Diego. When we played out there, I, I found out where he was giving a sermon, and I surprised him before the sermon. And he spotted me. He came running over, gave me a hug, and I had him come out and talk to the team. But he's he was really a special guy. Let me and and, and could play. Yeah. Had a good career mainly as a third down back, but he really could compliment Brett. Mm -hmm. As, you know, Brett was slamming it in there, and Fletch was a jitterbug, and he'd change directions, and his jump cut, he'd get, you know, jump cut five yeah. yards, you yeah. know, and, and be accelerating again. And good good receiver out of the backfield, but cause recruiting worked really hard to get him. And it came down to us in Ohio State, and we're going in on our last home visit. It's, I was only allowed in the home one time. Right. So we're in, in the place in St. Louis. We have a good visit. And as we're getting up to leave, Hosea, his dad, gets up, you know, happy, got a bounce in his step, and he throws his hand out, and he shakes my hand. He said, Coach, Coach, I, we really like you. He says, you know what? If Terrell decides to come to Wisconsin, you guys are going to win a lot of football games. <laughs> And I just stopped dead in my tracks. I said, you know what, Mr. Fletcher, whether he comes or not, we're going to win a lot of football games. And it was just deathly. I, I think I thought Cause's jaw was going to hit the ground. Fle the, uh, Terrell and his dad both gasped. They kind of laughed and chuckled. And we left. And Cause says, well, what the hell are you doing? You know. I said, God, that's just what I feel. I just, that was my response. And sure enough, we get in a car. We hadn't dro driven two blocks. The phone rings, and he commits he's coming to Wisconsin. Ooh. <laughs> it was a really healthy, you know, the best kind of competition between he and Moss, too, right? Because they're both oh. they're both thousand-yard rushers. Yeah, and <laughs> if one gets a 10-yard, I've heard Terrell say it. One gets a 10-yard run, he, the other one wants to get 15, <laughs> you know, and – I, Brent Moss got knocked out cold at Purdue one Purdue. year. Yep. And that was our sixth straight win, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And his eyes rolled back. I mean, he's right in front of me. He's cold. Three plays later, he's pulling on my shirt. Coach, I'm ready to go. No, no, you, you're not. And because Terrell is going to hit a home run now, you know that. <laughs> no, no, you, no, I'm, he goes in the game because he knew, you know, Terrell's going to be, you know, get more yards than him and, and, and earn more, you know, more playing time. Oh, yeah. That, well, they that, competed hard against each other. Ooh, that combination was, yeah, that was something. Again, the personalities. Have you ever, speaking of guys named Fletcher, have you ever had anybody with more confidence in his ability than Jamar? <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I, I, I give you the first example was his first week here. You know, we're have, we, you know, we start camp. And I have a vote for captains. I made everybody put their name 
on the ballot. So I knew who everybody was voting for. He voted for himself. He's a freshman. <laughs> That's tremendous. That, you talk about confidence. And he's dead serious now. He wasn't screwing around. <laughs> and, and the thing about it, and you, and you said it when he was playing, the, the man could back it up. Well, you know me. I would never. I learned early on. I can remember Bob Devaney telling us, you know, compliment your opponents, compliment your, your teammates, be critical only of yourself. I don't, want any, I don't want to read anything that would motivate your opponents, no bulletin board material, uh, and just concentrate on the next game. I don't want to, you know, don't give, don't give them an advantage. And, you know, I used to, you know, we're playing uh, Michigan State. They've got Plaxico Burris, who's lighting it up. Mm -hmm. He's a full head taller than Fletch. And pro he's 200 and some pounds. Fletch is, you know, he showed up at 150, but he's probably playing at 170 maybe. Went, you know, at that time, 5'9 half, maybe 5'10. And he, he comes out and, and makes a – he's going to shut Plaxico down. And <laughs> I told him on Friday, you know, I have my – it's my Thursday meetings – and it's, I, it's my favorite day with the team. It's just me and the guys that, that are going to go to the hotel. No assistant coaches, and we go up in the meeting room, and, and it, was, it was casual. We all like We really enjoyed it. I kept it light. But what I tried to do was get their mindset on what the atmosphere was going to be for the game, the, the mindset for the, our opponent coming in, how I thought we'd have to play. And in the meantime, we'd tell some stories or – you know, you know somebody might have done something crazy that week, or somebody might have a good joke. It's, it, you know, we kept it light, but there's some things I wanted to get across, and I'm, I go up, and I'm not happy. <laughs> and I, I read that, and somebody showed it to me, so I tell them, I say, Fletch, you know how I operate now. You know, your mouth wrote a check today. You just said you're going to shut Plaxico Burris down. Your ass better cash the check. And he did. I he think did. he had one for 10 yards. Yeah, that was he it. cashed it. He, he cashed, cashed it. it. <laughs> well, and a Thorpe Award winner, as it turned yeah. out in his career. We'll have more with Barry Alvarez in his own words after this quick timeout. The question hounding most folks thinking about or in retirement is, do I have enough? Annex Wealth Management asks, do you have enough comprehensive planning? Your plan should consider far more than today's markets. Financial independence includes details like rising health care costs, tax planning, and how much risk you'd like to encounter. When you're ready for answers to tough questions, to take a serious look at where you are and where you're headed, let's talk. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Clary is growing because people are what we value most. So whether you are hammering nails or at our corporate office, we'd like you to join the Clary team. Visit careersatclary.com today. Mueller Sports Medicine was founded more than 60 years ago by former University of Wisconsin basketball player turned registered pharmacist Kurt Mueller, who coined the term sports medicine. Mueller has been developing better braces, supports, and tapes to protect athletes from injury and keep you active in the game of life. Mueller Sports Medicine products can be found in training rooms across the world with a presence in more than 100 countries. It's also expanded into the overall health and wellness segment for all audiences. If you're active and looking for the right brace, support, or tape to perform at your best, Mueller Sports Medicine is the right brand for you. 
Look for Mueller Sports Medicine products in Walmart and Walgreens stores and online at Amazon and MuellerSportsMed.com. We continue with Barry Alvarez in his own words. We're just we're talking about some of some of his favorite players, and we're not going to be able to cover them all. Uh, it's a long list, but some some names that I know will bring back memories for for fans with performances on the field. The big dudes. You always say you want to get the big guys, um, and usually they're from the state of Wisconsin, but not always. You had to go down to state of Indiana. Um, and a guy who was about the size of the state of Indiana, <laughs> Aaron Gibson. Tell tell us about that that whole well, process of, of bringing Gibby up. Well, guys found Gibby, and uh, I, I don't know that Gibby was real highly recruited because he didn't take school very serious. Although he's a very bright young man, mm-hmm. uh, very articulate. I just don't think he took school serious, so he didn't qualify. And we were fortunate to get him in school. And he didn't have any trouble once he got in here, and but uh, his grades weren't good, so he was a he was a prop forty eight had to sit for a year. He was four hundred and probably four twenty when he showed up, so we couldn't work with him. John Detman would work with him and got try to get him trimmed down. So the first time I we really saw him do anything was that year, you know, that summer at two a days, and and you'd watch him. No, he, he was probably under 400 at the time. But still, how he bent and how he, you know, his fundamentals and techniques were really good. And you say, whoa, we got something here. And I said, we're going to use him somehow. We're going to use him. And so we had a big line as it was. Then we used him as a jumbo tight end. That's right. <laughs> He'd run in with both hands <laughs> signaling jumbo two, or two tight ends. And... Those guys, you know, the opponent would cringe when they'd see him uh, at the Ohio State. I heard them talking about him. Um, they, they talked about that game and and Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Titans. He, they were they were fighting on the sideline because no one wanted to play. <laughs> they, who's going? Whose turn it was to go out on the field? Because Gibby's blocking down on him. Mm-hmm. And I coached Vrabel in the All Star game that year. Boy, he got after me for doing that. <laughs> but he was Gibby was special. Um, you know, and then and John, we, we assigned John Detman. He would walk through the line with him, show him what to eat. We monitored everything. And his senior year, he was, he was really, really special. Now, he's a guy that could do a splits, flat out split, mm-hmm. and put his chest on the, that's, chest on the floor. You know, a good, ver- I mean, he, he, athletically, and especially when he got in shape and he was trimmed down, uh, he, he was really good. He'd knock guys around. He's just so dominant. Um, he, he was fun to coach, and cats didn't want to line up in front of him. I remember a, a publicity photo that they they took of him here, where he's holding Steve Malchow, who who's not a big man, but still an adult human being, who looked like the size of a football. The way with <laughs> Gibby holding him, like yeah. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I, I remember too. I, Brad Childress had a I, it, it never worked out, but there was a pass play for him, wasn't there? Yeah. Out of Jumbo. Yep. Yeah, sure. He had something lined up for him. And we should have used it. We should (laughs) have used it. That would have been fun. Because actually, back then, we'd put an 80 number on him. Mm -hmm. That's right. We put an 80 number on him. That's right. So he could have gone out for what? There was nobody expecting a pass if if he's out there on the field. (laughs) Place would have gone nuts. Yeah. There are, and again, 
please correct me, but I, from my recollection of knowing you and with recruiting classes, there were two guys who, and I'm kind of jumping around eras. I want to get to Donnell Thompson here at some point too, but there were two guys who I, I never really noticed you even trying to hide your enthusiasm with the fact that they were going to be Badgers. One was Joe Thomas. The other was Ron. Yeah. And there were, maybe there were others, but those are the two who, who jump yeah. out where you knew you had some well, special guys. I'll start with Ronnie first. You know, here's, here's a guy that goes on and wins the Heisman Trophy, so obviously he's special. But here's someone who could go wherever he wants. And, you know, I can remember Bernie bringing me the film, and, and it, it wasn't great football. Uh, but, you know, there were great players on the field, and I know he's right by Camden, New Jersey, not far from Philly. Probably about Camden's right next to Philly, and Ronnie's probably another 45 minutes. But there are a lot of good players that played in that league. And uh, they'd line him up as a fullback about a yard behind the, the, the quarterback. Quarterback could spin, give him the ball, and there wouldn't be a hole or anything. You just see the whole line move and Ronnie pushing it at all. And every once in a while, they'd put him, move him back a little bit and where he had a chance to where he could see and cut. And then you saw his vision. And then when he got in the secondary, he, you could see he could really run. And everyone was recruiting him as a fullback. Ohio State was recruiting him as a fullback. And I, I said, do you like to run the ball? He said, yes. <laughs> I said, uh, it's not very heavy, and I'm going to give it to you a lot. <laughs> I don't think he thought he was going to get as much as he did. But, uh, you know, it didn't take us long. Now, he's a, he was the national discus champ. Mm-hmm. That's how good you're, you know, the, the discus, you have to have great feet and explosion and really a good shot putter. He came, he came from the nationals where he threw the discus, won the nationals, came here straight from there. I think he was 270 at the time. Mm-hmm. And John Detman comes up to the office, his first day he worked out, and they're running like five or ten yard bursts. And he's two steps ahead of everyone else. That can't believe what he's seeing. He comes up and says, man, I think we got somebody special. But And then you see him, you know, when he, he starts to play and he starts figuring it out. You know, we had guys telling him where to go when he first played. You know, we put him in a the game. They're telling him what direction to go. And once he got the ball in his hands, he did okay. He talked about that a lot. Cecil Martin, who's fullback the, the first year, he – Cecil would line up, and then he would, like, reach down in between his legs and point that, Ron, you're going left here. Ron, you're going right. And, Mike, but I, I'll never forget you were telling me about him. And you're, you know, yeah, we got this 250, 260-pound, whatever he was at the time, tailback. And I thought, you mean fullback? But no. Yeah. <laughs> I said yeah. tailback. And- you know, Ronnie, I, I think he'll tell you, first time I went into the house and I – visit with the counselor I, I knew a little about, about him he lived with his uncle at the time yeah. and I went in and, and uh, introduced myself and I saw him and I went over and just gave him a big hug and to this day he talks about that I know that had a factor mm-hmm. uh, he and I had a bond he just we just he just felt close uh, he had a good feeling about things and he never wavered mm-hmm. didn't make any difference who came in to recruit him he never wavered it's so relationship driven isn't it no question no question. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about Joe Thomas. Joe, you know, you watch film, you watch him play basketball, you watch him in track. Here's one of the, like, most elite athletes in the country. Didn't make any difference that he was from right up the road in Brookfield. And, uh, this guy is a special athlete. 
outstanding student, great family, uh, the whole package, three sports. So, and, and Joe's a deep thinker, very analytic. You know, he's going to put a lot of thought into things. He wanted, you know, he, he had a vision of what he wanted to do. He wanted to throw, he, he wanted to throw in the Olympics. And he wanted to play football. So he really didn't have an, a visit set here. He visited Notre Dame. His grandfather wanted him to go to Notre Dame. He visited, uh, I believe, Kansas for track and okay. Southern Cal. And uh, so when we went up for our home visit, and Paul did a great job. Paul really had a good reading on Joe uh, and, and set things up. Uh, we took the, the assistant track coach in, in charge of the weight program with us. We set him, We had a schedule made up for him, year-round schedule of when he would lift, when he would practice uh, with the track team, spring practice, out of season, and foot, during football season. So he could accomplish his goals. Most people would say, oh, yeah, you could. You want to throw, throw the shot? You could throw the shot. Or you want to mm -hmm. throw it? No problem. But I saw on his face, I swear, and I told Joe this. I told his, his mom and grandmother and dad this at the Hall of Fame dinner. I said, I knew the minute Joe decided to come to Wisconsin. Because there was no slam dunk when we walked in that door. Mm -hmm. When we pulled out that schedule, I saw like a light switch go. And, and Joe was sitting there, and Joe said, you know what, Coach? You're exactly right. <laughs> a plan. A plan. You know, a we plan. had a plan for him. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just BS. Mm -hmm. We had put a lot of thought into it, and that did it. You know, and you know, to show you the kind of athlete we get in trouble. We JP loses some of those guys. You know, our D line. He needs some depth. We're getting ready for that bowl game, my, that that Auburn game, um, and we move Joe to the D line. First day moves, he's going to get some reps mm -hmm. in the game. Yep. You know, unfortunately, you know, in the game, I think it was in the game, he, you know, he's running and, and there's a, yep. he, play, he played. Yep. Non contact. Non contact. Yep. Right. You know, right would have happened at some point, anyhow. Yep. Yep. But uh, it took him a couple practices where he's good enough to play in a, in a game. And he, and on he defense. Loved, I remember talking to him, but leading up to that game, too, he, he just wanted to play. It was yeah. a way to do it. There was yeah. no there reservations about whatever. Then he came back the next year off the injury and was really, really good. Yeah. And when he's eligible, he'll be in the Pro Football yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know? first, first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah, 10,000-plus consecutive snaps, just ridiculous. Yeah. Someone, you know, someone from Cleveland told me he is more revered in Cleveland. He's the most revered athlete, Brown in Cleveland history, even more than Jimmy Brown. Wow, wow. I can believe it because he, he he loves the city. He did. He embraced he, the city. Yeah, he's there. He, he was active. Yeah. He was active in the city, and he produced. Now, unfortunately for him, they didn't have good teams. No. But he, you know, he goes his whole rookie year. I think he gave up one sack. I mean, he was he was he was ridiculous. That was the one thing, you know, they could hang their hat on was Joe. A couple other guys, and we're going to go back to the to the Rose Bowl season. Um, one, a Madison guy, Donnell Thompson. I mean, you know, there are a lot of, you know, All-American this, All-American that. And they're guys really good players, leaders, Donnell Thompson. Fits Solid in. person Yep. to this day. I saw him, 
you know, when Mac was named uh, athlete, the next athletic director, Donnell came in and congratulate Mac and spend a little time with him. And he looks like he can still play. Looks maybe a little better in better shape than when he played. He looked great. But, oh, man, did he like to play and somebody you could count on for anything. But, uh, you know, dad was a high school coach at West. He comes in. His dad told him, you know, Coach Alvarez likes guys that hit people. <laughs> In our first camp, we don't have pads on. It's the first couple of days. We're just putting plays in. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, sometimes these freshmen, most of the time they're intimidated and they're feeling their way around. He's knocking people down. <laughs> I, you know, he's talking our starters down. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on there, young man. I said, uh, this is practice. You're going to have plenty of time to hit somebody. We don't do that now, especially with the good guys. <laughs> you know? So, But I, I loved him. He was – he was really a good captain and a great player for us. Mm-hmm. He was one of the ones, you know, when Ronnie was a senior, you know, these bowl, you know, these all-star games wanted, they want he'd be a marquee, particularly like Hawaii. Hawaii wanted uh, to use Ron. I said, yeah, you know what? Here's what we'll do. You get Ron to take his wife and baby, and I get more players. <laughs> so I, I took the guys I took, like Tosh. Mm-hmm. Donnell wasn't going to get invited to an all-star game, I think. Jason Doring. Yep. You know, I take, took those guys that uh, – I think those are the four that I took. And, uh, you know, I took, you know, Tosh, the East-West Shrine game. Tosh goes there. He's the best lineman there. You know, people don't know him because, you know, we had such – a lot of marquee players, but Tosh is the best lineman mm-hmm. in both those games. Right. Offensive lineman in both the games. Um, Donnell blocked the – you know, blocked the kick to win the, the Hula Bowl. Okay. Which you're not – a lot supposed to be that's against the rules but yeah, well. but we had to it was a tie game no no one made, didn't make a difference <laughs> classic tell me about Guido Chris Cadorzi he's another one he and Donnell you know they were you talk about bookends just they were really close uh, their fa- Guido's family would come down every Friday Thursday and take those two out to dinner you, you want your linebackers you'd like for them to be close because they communicate to the whole defense. Uh, but Guido's just one of smart guy, uh, loved to play, real physical. And, uh, again, he, he's a soft-spoken leader. Yeah. And I, I tell you a story about him. He, he's on the board. Of, he's a very successful businessman. But he's on the board of a bank up in Wausau. They invited me up. I was a guest speaker at, to their board meeting. And he introduced me. And I was crying. When he finished the introduction, I was crying. I had to tell, I said, guys, you're going to have to just get, let me get a minute to catch myself here and, and gather myself. It was, it was so, it was emotional for me to, just to listen to him. That's the thing about Barry seeing so many of those guys when they come back. You know, Guido spoke at a luncheon here a few years ago, and a number of other guys have. When you've had the reunions, is just how successful so many of these guys became right either yeah. you know they, they play pro ball in a lot of cases but whatever if it's different the business fields. world yeah they still the lessons that they learned because Godorzi, i remember talking to him, he was at a, at a camp practice here a few years ago and he talked about training camp back at the seminary and i didn't know how many guys actually loved it maybe more than i thought <laughs> he was one who did he said you know what we got a schedule every day we followed the schedule we played football 
and he loved <laughs> it loved camp yeah. you know it's august there weren't it's many no. there weren't many that can't imagine there, there were too many that way quarterbacks maybe they weren't going to get hit a whole lot um but we didn't have eric even have eric for a while oh, brutal. guys were coming down to the cafeteria and sleeping on the on the tile floor because it was cool <laughs> you know oh and, and and you know some of your big guys um they dehydrate jerry mm-hmm. wunch you know, he'd be coming out to practice just ringing wet. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we'd have to have IVs in him to get mm-hmm. fluids back in his system. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> it was hard. Last guy. And we've talked about him a little bit here in this series, but but Brooks, Brooks Bollinger. We've talked about a little bit of the leadership. But, you know, he's a guy that probably not a national recruit, right? You know, he had a little baseball background. and Or not yeah, he, little. He had a lot know, of baseball he's a, background. He's a guy that played everything. You know, he's the quarterback, he's the shortstop, he's the mm-hmm. point guard. You know, uh, we talked about his father being a coach, but uh, – and Jim Huber knew his father very well. But uh, I remember – I remember the day he showed up. He and his, he had, he's in a baseball tournament. Mom drove, drove him all night to get him here for camp registration. And I watched him. I just – you know, I, I, I like guys like that. Athletes, likes to play. And uh, if the quarterbacks were taking a break – He'd jump in line and run routes, mm-hmm. you know, or he'd, he'd jump in line with the back. He'd, he just wanted to be active and playing. Now, this, this guy had slept a couple hours in the car before he got here. And uh, Brad Childress, you know, we, we meet, and Chili doesn't want to take him. No, no. You know, there, you got one vote here, and that's mine. <laughs> you know, we're taking him. <laughs> we're going to offer him before camp's over. Another great decision. Because, I you know, we've talked, I think, probably off here. I, I, he's – Seems to be, at least outside looking in, one of the most respected players that I can come up with. You know, yeah, there's a long list, obviously, but everybody really likes Brooks and really respects what he brought. You know, Brooks is a guy who's an outstanding leader. You know, he could lead by example. He got a little ornery streak in him, too, you know, and and, uh, he was one of the guys. He was smart enough, you know, being a coach's son, you know the linemen are important, you know, and and uh, but he but he carried himself like you want a quarterback to carry himself. He could handle a huddle, you know. He knew what to say in the locker room. He had spent so much time in there. He just he was very very comfortable with all that. So he's a guy you want want on your team. He's he's a coach uh, that's in that's in pads. We you know? we've, we've talked about. You know, with Brooks, obviously, people think of the of the Rose Bowl, and that makes perfect sense. But I always thought too, there was a clutch gene to him. You know, Mike Samuel had that, but I think of the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, great game, Colorado. I mean, the game is like on the brink of getting away. Fourth down conversion throws. He gets you know Darren Charles with one, and it just a clutch, clutch plays yeah. that he made. He played great in that game, and it was, you know, that's. That's a team. I, I, I'll never forget. It was Thanksgiving Day. I'm watching. Nebraska was good at that time. And Colorado's playing Nebraska. And it's a no contest. That's how good Colorado was. Really impressive. And Calhoun had 120 yards at the quarter. Yep. First quarter. <laughs> you know, that was a good team we played. And I can remember Gary, you know, Gary Barnett told me, you know, the day after the game, he said, I told, I try to tell my guys, they're kind of looking down their nose at, at, you, at your team. And 
He said, I told him, guys, I played against this team every year. You better get ready for a fist fight because <laughs> these cats are going to come after you. And they, they run the opening kickoff back. I mean, and we had to come from behind. And mm-hmm. But that last drive, you know, I, I can remember we made, we made a completion. We got to make a fourth down throw. And somebody upstairs said, call timeout. I said, no, no. We don't want them to re- be able to regroup. Right. Just give me a play. Give him a play that he could throw. Um, let's let keep them on the run because we he had hit something. We're moving the ball, uh, and I just wanted I wanted them to be in a little disarray, and that's when he hits Darren Charles on a big one. Oh yeah, and then he's able to Brooks scores going overtime, and Mike Allen kicks kicks a field goal to win it. I mean, there are just so many memories. I said at the beginning we were not going to be able to list all of them, but these are some of the names. There are are many others. You could probably do a podcast series just on the players over the years but um these are some some of uh what we would call barry's guys through the years and helping make this program what it is today wheels up download the wheels up app to explore private jet options and pricing for your next trip with over 35 years history of developing and managing exceptional residential communities throughout southeastern wisconsin and beyond Our commitment to exceeding our residents' needs and expectations in everything we do is more than just a guarantee. It is the fiduciary difference. Fiduciary Real Estate Development Incorporated, where every day we are living the difference for our residents, our communities, and our investors. Hi, I'm Sean Cleary for Cleary Building Corp. Since 1978, you have allowed us to protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com today to see the Cleary difference. Everybody's got a goal, and everybody's got something standing in their way. To achieve that goal, you've got to put in the work. Grit your teeth, sweat, reach, grind, push. No shortcuts, no quick fixes, no answers in a book. There's no way around it. Under Armour, the only way is through. Special thanks again to our supporting sponsors, Annex Wealth Management. Financial independence starts with a comprehensive plan that understands you and your priorities. Annex Wealth Management's team is ready to help consider all the complexities. Know the difference. Mueller Sports Medicine is proud to sponsor Barry Alvarez in his own words. For 60 years, Mueller has been developing better products to protect athletes and enhance performance. Learn more at MuellerSportsMed.com. Cleary Building Corp. We protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Fiduciary Real Estate Development Inc., where every day we are living the difference for our residents, our communities, and our investors. Wheels Up. Download the Wheels Up app to explore private jet options and pricing for your next trip. Under Armour, the only way is through. Thanks to our production team, audio engineer Dave McCann, and our editor, Mallory Pilon. A reminder that you can hear this entire series now. It's available from iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Matt LePay, and we thank you for listening to Barry Alvarez in his own words. A production of iHeartRadio.